Listener Production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, Nick Rewalt and I talk about the All-Australian selection process. Rui gives an insight into being a selector. I give an insight into my team and who was stiff to miss out. And we also take a look at why pick one is overrated. That's all to come today on Footy Talk. Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. And on this Tuesday, Nick Rewalt, as he's done all year, joins us from Texas. G'day, Rue. Uh, what did you make of the final home and away round of the season? It probably didn't have as much uh, hype in the end as we were hoping, but still the, the final game of the season. A bit of a scare for the Saints, actually, for a moment there, missing out on a home final. But all done and dusted, what's your wash up? Gee, you're hard to please. It wasn't that exciting. Went down to the last game with ramifications, not just for the two teams that were playing, but for other teams as well. Gee, you're, you're a hard man to please, Joey. I thought it was a, a great end to what has been an unbelievable season of footy. Um, I, I love now as well being able to look back in retrospect at the teams that have overperformed, underperformed. The Bulldogs have been piled on and Fremantle as well for not playing the finals. And, and now you come out and read that they actually had some of the softest draws uh, as well to go, go along with underperforming for the year so yep a lot of a uh, lot of soul searching for to do for, for some of those teams but how exciting for the teams left standing and, and really that top four it, it does look like Carlton are, are, are the most likely to challenge outside of that top four Collingwood Melbourne it does it set up any better at the MCG in a couple of weeks' time, it just looks like it's going to be an absolute belting final series. Yeah, it does. I said on Sunday, I think the winner of the flag comes out of the Collingwood-Melbourne yep. game because they get the pretty much the easier path, as easy as it could be, in finals uh, terminology. And then, the, But the loser has to do it the hard way. They'll probably yeah. get Carlton second week of finals, which is going to be unbelievable. We'll then have to go and to then the you've got Gabba. to travel. Yeah. yeah. So it's a massive game Thursday night, you're right, and we'll be able to have a real good look at that next week. But uh, there is, it is the awards week. It's the uh, tomorrow night will be all the awards, the All Australian, the MVP. I want to ask you, Stevie Johnson made an interesting comment on the Sunday rub. He thinks now the Coaches Association Award is much, much more important than winning a Brownlow Medal. He thinks the Brownlow with the umpires mm. selecting, it's you know, of course it's got the his history, but not quite the. Um, the acknowledgement of winning it from the coaches who know best. What would be your take splitting the MVP selected by the players, the coaches award and the Brownlow? I think the most pure award is the coaches award because they understand the game better than anyone. And they don't necessarily just get seduced by kicks, marks and handballs. Uh, they get time to actually reflect on the game as opposed to the umpires who have been in the action and then have to do it immediately after. So, look, I think you ask any player, every every player would love to win the Brownlow medal given the choice of all of those individual awards. But in, in terms of the most pure, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Stevie on that one. I think the coach's award is the... Uh, is the uh, is the most pure. Yeah, fair enough. Well, we're going to keep an eye on that because the All-Australian is going to get, to get selected as well. And you were how many times? Five, six All-Australian? Just a handful. Yeah, five. five. Um, yep. You were a selector, though, last year. Talk us through the selection process of the All-Australian team. How do they come about a consensus at the end? When it comes down to the final couple of spots, you've got half wanting one player, half voting mm. for another. How do you actually decide? Is it literally like, let's put your hands up? and the majority wins, or does Gil McLaughlin have final say? How does it sort of work to get those, if there's a bit of a split? 
I don't want to speak out of school too much, but but I'm I'm no longer a selector anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> the um, well, I, I guess the way it typically works is is you go through and there are there, you know what are there probably fourteen or fifteen locks where everyone everyone yeah. just agrees on those on those locked locked in players. Then you'll get a, someone that's said, oh, he's a lock. And then someone will say, well, is he a lock? And then, you know, you sort of debate. And so maybe the 15 will come down to sort of 12 or 13. It's really interesting. One of the things that really stuck out to me was how territorial guys are. So if you're a, if you're a selector from WA. the northern part of the country, how hard you go into bat for the Brisbane players and the Gold Coast players and the same from Perth and the same from Sydney. So, uh, which I think is important because they see every game of those interstate guys. So you get that sort of territorial bias. You, you, you get a little bit for, for guys that have played for your own team as well. That's, that's why you rely on the, you know, 10 or 12 people in the room. But very, very rarely is there a consensus. And, and usually it comes down to, Who's able to make the best point, right? And who's the most vocal? Who, who, you know, and and you could probably pick some of the guys within the room. Then you inevitably go around, and it, it's just a hands up situation. So, it really is a a circumstance where I don't think any of the selectors walk out feeling entirely comfortable. It's for, not with, their the twenty two because yeah, it would never yeah, be their twenty two. It's 22. not their twenty two. Yeah. Yep. So every time there's a challenge on, hey, why did this guy make the team? He should have made it. You'd love to be able to come out and say, yeah, well, I didn't really want him in, but I, I, I lost the vote. But you can't, you can't break ranks. None of the selectors will break ranks, but that's generally the feeling when you walk out of the room is you, you'd probably be wrapped with 20 of the selections and two you would love to, for it to go on another way. So can you give us a story? Is there one last year or the year before that you you went strong for someone? You were really um, adamant that you wanted someone in and had to have a, a debate against someone else or – Think you can uh, think did Weedering make it last year? It might have been last year or the year before. Where I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm not going to put someone out of the team yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's that's a great honour. But I, I think I was pretty strong on on Weedering a couple of times, and he and he didn't quite sneak in. And for me, that was the one where I was just like, oh, <laughs> I'd love for him to have gotten in the team. Uh, very good. Well, I tell you what, Rue, what we're going to do because everyone else has done it, and I like this sort of stuff. You know, I do. Can I have yeah. a crack at doing the All Australian team? Please do. And you've been nailing your predictions this year. It really has been unbelievable. And I, I think last week again, you got one that no one saw coming. <laughs> Everyone will be jumping on the Blues bandwagon come Monday morning and starting to talk about are the Blues a bit of a sleeper in the competition when they knock off Port Adelaide on the weekend. That is my bold prediction. The Crows might just lift for this showdown 54 and find a way to beat Port Adelaide and jeopardise their top two spot that they've worked so hard for through the middle part of the year. And I think the Crows will really take pleasure in just trying to knock off the power. The Saints and the Crows both win this weekend and lock up a spot in the top eight. So the Saints and Crows will be playing finals after they win this weekend. I've got a gut feel. Here we go. The Kangaroos go to Tasmania. And they say to West Coast, thank you for giving us pick one for a week. We're going to give it back. Oh, no. They're going to knock off the Gold Coast Suns. They will play for keeps. Clarko will want to win. North Melbourne fans will lose their minds. I think Kangaroos win and give up pick number one and hand it straight back to the West Coast Eagles. Oh, no. You know why? (laughs) Because pick one's overrated. 
It's overrated. Oh, Boo. Pick ones God. are overrated. But after all of that, that big build-up you got, you pick the Blues to turn their season around, the Crows in an upset, the Saints to make finals, and then was that Daisy giggling in the background? No, it was the Jack. Whole time? It was Jack Heverin actually on oh, Friday, and the one Heverin? that didn't make it, which I was most proud of, was I tipped West Coast Eagles about a month ago to beat Essendon when they oh, should have. The one where Adam Simpson uh, just didn't put one behind the ball, I took you that one as a, as a bold prediction as well, but. Um, Yes, the pick one. I'd ask about the pick one debate because there's been a lot of talk about it. And Harley Reid, I think what's I think made it more prevalent this year is because there's been a name attached to pick one because Harley Reid has yeah. been sort of the nominal pick one for the start of the year where generally pick number ones emerge a bit later in the season. Do you think – and it's hard because you were a pick one, so you're probably biased, yeah. but you are certainly probably the best of the pick ones along with Luke Hodge and Brendan Goddard. Can we overemphasise the – the price of a pick one or the value of a pick one? Yeah, I think you can. Uh, absolutely. I mean, history says that's absolutely the case. So there's probably more – well, I mean, there, there is absolutely more times than than pick two, three, four, five have ended up a, a, a better player than pick one has um, as opposed to pick one just being the standout for the rest of the career. So, yeah, look, I, I think we overemphasise the importance of pick one. I, I think because – Harley Reid has looked like a, a man amongst boys. We've just whipped ourselves up into an absolute frenzy about what he's going to achieve. But, I mean, probability would say that he's maybe got a 20%, maybe less chance of being the best player to come out of his draft class. You, you've got some – I know you're sitting on it. You've yeah. got some names there. You want to you rattle through them? Well, you're right. Generally, very rarely is pick one the best player in that draft. I mean, we probably have to go back and, you know, don't embarrass you, but probably to yourself and even Luke Hodge. I mean, he's in a draft with Chris Judd and Gary Ablett Jr. So he's probably not even the, for as good a career as Luke Hodge had, probably wasn't even the best player in his draft year. But just a simple even look about pick two compared to pick one. And pick two mm. has a better history of having a better career than pick one. And that's in the last 20 years. I mean, in recent times, you can argue that Noah Anderson is going to have a better career than Matt Rowell, Andy Brayshaw over Cam Rayner, Tim Taranto over Andy McGrath. But you go back a bit further, like Petrarca was picked two ahead of McCartan. We know that all yep. too well as Saints. Josh Kelly over Tom Boyd. Nick Natanui over Jack Watts. Trent Cochin yep. over Matt Cruiser. And even Jared Ruffhead over Brett Delidio. We're all picked two. So even just a difference between the one spot, let alone someone else, as you touched on later in the top 10, that ends up becoming the best player in the draft. So I tend to agree. I think North Melbourne have, have done the right thing. It'll hold them in good stead getting the win. Um, and only four premiership players have been picked number one, Rui, which is amazing as well. Uh, only f- uh, since 1987 in the draft, wow. only four picked all? ones have won a premiership. So Drew Banfield, 1992, drafted the West Coast. Obviously Luke Hodge. Yep. Tom Hodge Boyd. has got four of them. He's, Hodge, helped, yep. he's helped us out a bit. Tom yeah. Boyd, who actually got traded from the yep. Giants to the Bulldogs on a million bucks, won one. And Des Hedlund at the Brisbane Lions. The Desi only Hedlund. The only four pick ones to win a premiership. Wow, we. So there you yeah, go. It's not a not a great list, is it? <laughs> not, 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 not a great list. Not a great, great record. A little, hey, a, lot of, salt in the, a little bit of salt in the wound yeah, on a Tuesday morning a lot, too. Thanks very much. A lot of pick ones got close, really, without the premiership. But um, <laughs> hey, did they? Let, <laughs> let me let me do my all Australian squad, okay, and we can we look go. back at this uh, next week and see how close I got. So I think we're gonna. It's gonna look like this. James Sisley in the back pocket. You tell Zoe me whether, better be writing these down because I'm going to hold you accountable next and week. And you tell me whether you think they're locks. Harris Andrews, I think, deserves to make it this year, fullback. Dan Houston, yep. a lock in the other back pocket. Who was the other back pocket? James Sicily. 
Oh, yep. Sis yep. had a super year. Good start. Good start from you. Half-back line is easy. Nick Dacos on one back flank, Jack Sinclair on the other. They are locks. And I've still got Darcy Moore, even though the back end of his year was not as strong. He was the best defender in the competition at the halfway mark, so I think he still yep. holds on. The midfield line is, again, easy. Josh Dacos on one wing, Errol Goulden on the other. They're locks. Marcus Bontempelli in the centre line. Half-forward yep. line, take this to the bank. Petrarca, Taylor Walker, Connor Rosie. Full forward, Toby Green is that third tall forward. Charlie Curnow makes it at full forward. And Charlie Cameron has been the best small forward this year. He's finished the season really strong, uh, so he deserves to make it. Tim English will just hold on from Rowan Marshall, but Mm. I'd love to see Rowe make it. But I reckon they'll stick with Tim English. Zach Butters and Caleb Sarong uh, will make the midfield. The bench, Zachy Merritt, Tom Liberatore, and then I've got one defender extra, Tom Stewart. That's the one I'm sitting on. Oh, I'm not convinced, but I've got Tom Stewart in there and Dustin Martin as the uh, the other forward on the bench. So that's going to be what I think it looks like. I'm stiff. I've left out Nick Larkey. He's probably the one. But I don't only think... two two tall forwards in your side. Two tall forwards, and, and Toby Green is the third tall. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm going to roll with. So you you said that uh, Darcy Moore was the best defender in the comp at the halfway mark. Jeremy yep. Cameron was the best player in the comp yeah. at the halfway mark. So yes. did he drop away more or yes. what's the reasoning there? Significantly dropped away. Yeah, right. he did drop away a lot. He didn't even make the squad in the end, Jeremy yeah. Cameron. Yeah, that's so that's a bit, that was a bit surprised he didn't make the squad. I wouldn't have yeah. him in my team, but didn't make the squad. I mean, he was he was the number one player yeah. in the game at the halfway mark of the season, not, yeah. not just for forwards. Who, who, were you, who were you most stiff from your list? Um, as I said, probably I feel – To not make the team. I probably feel Nick Larkey is the, yeah, is the most stiff. I would love to, but he can't have – I don't think you can have three tall forwards in your team. Um, to be honest, I don't think there's really anyone else that I think – what about English and Marshall? So pretty, so pretty Marshall, similar years? Yeah, almost identical years. Yep. So do you not go with the, the bloke the, from the team that's played in finals? I would like to go with Rowan Marshall. I think the selectors will stick with Tim English. But mm. you, could, you could flip a coin with those two. So that's probably the one. Jack Sounded Viney, pretty good, Joey. Jack Viney stiff. He had a super year. Um, the one yep. that didn't make the squad, so we just mentioned Jeremy Cameron just quickly. I'm staggered Shea Bolton didn't make the squad. He's averaged nearly 24 disposals and almost a goal and a half a game. He gets yep. judged at a high rate. Brian Myers, people had him in their team, didn't even make the squad. Broke the record for the most goal assists, but I think it backfired that he didn't kick too many goals. But I could argue he wins Geelong's best and fairest. I think he's probably been their yeah. best player for the year. And the other one didn't make the squad, which has been a victim of the team's circumstances, Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly had an amazing year for a side that were going horribly. His performances and his year uh, was deserved, I think, of making the squad. I can tell you the way that conversation would have gone with the selectors is someone's got to get the footy. You know, West Coast, despite being as horrible as they were all year, if you're playing four minutes in the midfield and a team's touching the ball 300 times a game, yeah, okay. someone's going to get 30 and someone's going to rack them up. So yeah. that, that's exactly how that conversation would have gone and there would have been a big black line put through any West Coast player. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, anyway, there we go. I that's don't mind it, Joey. I well, like it. So we'll do a review next week. We'll see how, uh, how many out of 22 you got. But, gee, which one are you least confident on? Uh, my gut feel is that I think they leave out Dustin Martin. Really? I, well, I hope they don't. But I think victim some of his own high victim standards. Victim of his huh? own high standards. Yeah. 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 Jordan so, Dawson, is he a bit stiff? 
Oh, oh, look, his year was a bit more up and down. Like, he had some great okay. games where he was best on and then games where he was pretty quiet. And just for the record, everyone's talking about Toby Green as captain. I think Marcus Bontempelli should be captain. I think it's the legacy piece. The way they yeah. selectors do it these days. It's generally the way it gets done. A bit more of a legacy piece. Bont yep. has been, you could argue, the best player this year. Probably wins the Brownlow now with Nick Dacos. So, I think he deserves Has he captain. been a captain before? I don't think he has. I don't he think has. he has, no. So, I think he yeah. deserves that on his resume. Yeah, we'll take go. him to the bank then because that's the way they like to do right, it. Right, there you go. Hey, let's take a break, Rui. We want to get into a bit of real talk, shit talk, have a look at a few of the finals games in particular. The Saints, have they been robbed of a home final? That's all to come next on Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, get on Instagram or on TikTok and hit us up. Hey, Rui, Real Talk Shit Talk, just a quick little version today. First one to you. The news broke last night that Adam Simpson will remain coach of West Coast in 2024. I put to you, he's the luckiest man alive. Ridiculous. Of course he's not the luckiest man alive. He's got to coach West Coast. (laughs) No, Joey, only only kidding. Yeah, good one, Um, He can coach. He's a premiership coach. Of course he can coach. Um, I was surprised it dragged out as as long as it did, to be honest. I mean, he's either your man or he's not. So to to make him hang and make him sweat and go through what he went through, I thought was – not, not ideal. Um, yeah, you want to you want to reach the right decision, but I mean, it's pretty clear their their issues are predominantly personnel related, and they've got a, a, a long road back. So, um, no, look, Adam Simpson's a, a, a great coach. We know that. Um, so they probably arrived at the right decision in the end. Hey, um, Joey Jacob Weedering, a lot of talk about the Toby Green tax when he goes up to the MRO. Did Jacob Weedering get the good bloke tax applied to his suspension or lack thereof? No, nah, that's shit talk. Really. I think if that was any player, they would have got the same outcome. It was a fleeting moment where he got the hand in the wrong spot. As soon as he realised he got it away, it looked bad in slow motion or if you put a still frame. But when you saw it in context, I don't think it deserved a week. And even if it was Toby Green, I would have liked him to have got off. Although the hysterical media would have made it a bigger deal, that is for sure. Hey, one more back to you, Rui. St. Gilda have been (laughs) robbed of a home final not playing at Marvel Stadium, their home, to go to the MCG. Robbed. Robbed. And don't accuse me of bias because I've said this every year about Geelong, that Geelong should have been able to play their home finals down at GMHBA Stadium because they earned the right. And the same with St Kilda. St Kilda play one or two games a year at the MCG if they're lucky, particularly now coming up against the Giants where you you know you're not going to fill the MCG. That game should be played at Marvel. I actually expect Mrs Kane, the, the newly appointed head of football uh, for the world to be able to come in and change that this week and, and right that ship. I think that should be her first order of business um, just to really sort of um, ingratiate herself to the St Kilda supporters um, because they have been robbed. I like it, Rue. What's the point of having a home ground if you then can't play your finals at a home yeah. ground? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and, Joey, one more for you. Footy is a cruel game, real or shit talk. That is real talk, Rui. Our hearts break for Jakey Melksham, one of the good guys in footy. Missed out on the 2021 yep. flag. A great teammate, been a great player. And he actually led the revival of the Demons this year offensively when they were really struggling to find anything ahead of the ball. He's been a huge part of this team. ACL confirmed he's going to miss, but I hope he sticks around because he's an important member and will be certainly revered by that team if they do win this flag. So you're right footy is a cruel game. As we too well know, Rui, 
Thank you for your time, mate. Love catching up with you. I'll see my best buddy again next Tuesday. Yeah, maybe give me a call during the week. <laughs> All right, see ya. <laughs> Listener.